I believe that since my parents came to America without anything and then built themselves a comfortable life in Arizona, at least, I believe that it is possible. And I'm also very understanding of the passion that it needs and the things that you can overcome with good work ethics and a good model and a good business plan. So I decided to try for the first time ever and it has been amazing. You're listening to Made Here, a podcast about what it means to be an underserved entrepreneur in America and what it takes to turn a small business idea into reality. I'm your host, Stacey Klein. about this week's episode. We're featuring an entrepreneur who is creating a name for herself right here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm also based. Gigi Peralta runs El Charo Hipster, which is a coffee shop, bar, and restaurant right in the heart of the Arts District in downtown Phoenix. Gigi started her business just around two years ago, and it's already received so much praise from her community. A Yelp reviewer says, and I quote, This family-owned business motto is bringing back the art of conversation. And believe me, they do make you feel like you're at home. It really feels like a second home to me, unquote. El Charo Hipster has been named the best hangout by the Phoenix New Times and has been given the Phoenix Green Leader Business Award for the second year in a row. El Charo Hipster is environmentally friendly and only uses 100% compostable items. In our conversation, Gigi talks about the things that enabled her to grow her business and overcome setbacks. She talks to us about adaptability, patience, and how the work ethic and values of her parents led to her success at just 23 years old. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So thank you for joining. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk about El Charo Hipster. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's just start off here. And if you could tell me a little bit about your roots, you know, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Mexico City, Mexico, um, and moved to the States when I was about eight years old, arriving to California. And then I've been in Arizona for 12 years now. So why California? Then why Arizona? Why were those the locations that you ended up in? Um, the whole move was for my grandma and my grandma moved to California. Then my dad got offered to be the CEO of the cleaning company for Harkins Theaters and AMCs. And so we moved uh, for his job. And then I started high school and then never left because my business is in Arizona. So wow, stayed here. That's great. So tell me about El Charo Hipster. What is it? It's uh, my first <laughs> leap of faith. Um, I started it about a year and nine months now uh, with my family my parents. And so it's my little humble abode. Um, right now it's in Arizona and it's a coffee shop, bar and restaurant. So you started El Charo Hipster with your parents, but whose idea was it to start? My parents have always been entrepreneurs since I was a little girl. So it is, it was my idea to finally do something for myself. And since my parents are amazing and I have a uh, single child syndrome, <laughs> they're more than welcome to uh, come through and be the best partners that I could ever ask for. So was entrepreneurship something that ran in your family? 
My parents were the first. Their parents were not. Um, and when they met, they were both the UNAM, which is the university, both studying um, chemistry and my dad, music engineer. And then they put a uh, business together, combining both of them. And that was my whole childhood for the first part of my years. Just different types of businesses. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your parents and sort of the ins and outs of El Charo Hipster. You know, I've been there and so I've been able to see how unique the space is. And I would really love for you to convey that to the listeners. Of course, of course. Um, El Charo Hipster is part of us. Since we're from Mexico City, the whole place is lively. Every inch is uh, decorated by local Phoenix artists around town. Everything is compostable. And we are, before um, everything was comedy night, live music, we just served as a, a stable for art community. So everything there was curated and cherry-picked for that side of things as well. And I believe you just said that your parents met when they were in school, or they were chemists. My mom was a chemist. My dad was a music engineer. Yes, ma'am. So how do some of those skills then, you know, resonate with the business? I've seen my parents go through various businesses from the beginning, breaking their backs. So my business motto is just that, having a good business plan, understanding the industry that you're at at the moment, and then just trial and error and a lot of work, a lot of hours. So I I got that from them. (laughs) So when you were starting this business, why did you think that this business needed to exist? I believe that we were going to kind of rearrange the way that people would see bars and restaurants. In my youth, I'm still 23. I'm like, I'm a young girl at heart. Um, I wanted something that I could offer the community and a place where I could be or I wanted it to exist. For example, the sound is very low, so you can actually talk with someone. Everything there is world-centric and ethnocentric, and it's just a part of life for them. Um, our motto is bringing back the art of conversation. So the niche was to just be a place for communal support and just long conversations about anything. Second home. I love that second home. So you said something earlier that you saw your parents when they were building businesses and they were breaking their back to do this. And I think sometimes people could see that and that would scare them away from actually starting a business, but it sounds like it had the opposite effect on you. You know, what was the moment that you really decided to take the leap and start El Charo Hipster? I believe that since my parents came to America without anything and then built themselves a life, a comfortable life in, you know, Arizona at least, I believe that it is possible. And I I was part of their growth as well as just a support system. And they did it for me. So I'm grateful. And I'm also very understanding of the passion that it needs and the things that you can overcome with good work ethics and a good model and a good business plan. So I decided to try for the first time ever. And it has been amazing. This whole experience has grown me in different perspectives. So I'm very, very happy at this point of my life. So when you decided to start the business, what was your first step? Definitely having a business plan has to be a lot of people's number one, if not the number one thing that you should have. You can have a lot of passion and a lot of um, hours 
within you, but if you don't have a certain set of plans, you don't know where to start or how to hack off the things that you got to begin with. So first off, business plan and our motto or a niche. Why were we there? Why do we serve? What can we do for the community? And from there, everything just came naturally and just put everything together from our all-inclusive menu, like music, compostability, things that are rooted into our morals as well as a business plan. So like you said, you're young. How did you learn how to start a business plan? There was a few combinations. I loved school, so I actually graduated as a sophomore in high school and started and got accepted uh, to W.P. Carey School of Business at ASU. And I did that for about two years um, with classes, trials, and my parents' way of understanding business and how they've been doing it for a while. Both of those worlds got combined. And then from there, it's just research, trial and error, passion, and a lot of work. So both of my worlds were rooted in a business side of things, and I learned different things from both. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, the unique pieces of that make up El Charo Hipster, but will you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what sets El Charo Hipster apart from other restaurants or coffee shops or communal spaces? Uh, like I said, bringing back the art of conversation is our model. So the thing about this bar is just to have fun, have a place where you can call your second home, not only rooted with live music and comedy, things that were free for the community. Their whole space is decorated by all local Phoenix artists around town. So we also service a platform for those. We have all compostable items, which makes us world-centric. We don't use any plastic of any sort. And we've actually been implemented the um, Phoenix Green Living uh, Award for the second year in a row, as well as the best hangout uh, by the New Times this year. So I was very excited about that. It's just a place where you can come and have a regular talk and feel like family since, you know, my family serving your family. And it's beautiful to see the passion and the love that people have for the business. So entrepreneurship is tough. That's not a secret. And a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs can attribute their success or failures based on their community and who they're around. So can you describe to me the business community in Phoenix? Of course. We are on the Grand Avenue Street. That is the historical Grand Avenue. So everyone there is a mom and pop shop or a single handled shop of different types of art. So when we wanted to provide something there, my love of art with my dad, that was our pastime. It kind of just fit. They are super supportive with everything that we do and they have not let us sink because of all the beautiful things and the support that the people there have. It's such a warm and small community that whenever you go out, you know everyone that's there. You can talk to any um, owner as if they're your family. It's it's amazing. I live in Gilbert, but I would have never put um, my business anywhere else other than the Grand Street. It's amazing. <laughs> Are there certain standards or norms for successful entrepreneurs in that area on Grand Avenue? And did you fit into any of those norms? I believe in any business, especially in this street, the five years ago, you wouldn't walk down the street at all. So we are part of the growth and the change of the Grand Street. 
which is amazing. Um, I just feel like adaptability. You don't know who's going to walk there. You know, first Fridays are going to be there for you. It's adaptability definitely on that street and knowing that you're the beginning part of something greater. So it's fun. <laughs> it sounds like it's also patience. And for those who don't live in the Phoenix community, might not be familiar with the small business scene that's been growing for years and how there are parts of Phoenix that have really been transformed and have this really great small business local feel to them. And that's what's happening on Grand Avenue. So it sounds like there's a little bit of patience that you've had to have as well as that transformation has started to take place. Definitely. I agree 100%. There's a few different um, restaurants and bars that have been there for 10 years. And, you know, now they see the growth five years later. And so patience is key for sure. But I, I do believe that we are very, very strong as a community and as a street. And we have a lot of, you know, patience because we are all in the same boat. <laughs> a good big community. Tell me about any setbacks that you faced. What challenges have you faced in this journey of starting and growing El Charo Hipster? Um, well, we are in a, a little bit of a different situation at this moment in time. And I feel like that has been the, the biggest challenge uh, throughout this year and nine months. Definitely uh, everything that's going on with COVID at this time has been my, my greatest challenge. And so it, it's a very different perspective. My parents have never dealt with anything like that. I don't think anyone has and have that with a small business trying to survive. It's been, it's been a, a little difficult to be honest. So with COVID-19, how is El Charo Hipster doing? You know, obviously the dine-in part of the restaurant can't happen. So what pivots or decisions have you made to keep servicing your customers and keeping the business afloat right now? I believe that um, we're, we're doing everything possible. Uh, the first step that we had to do was put everything to go, so compostable to-go items. We um, had to redraw the business plan in order to in- inject that part of it into everything to go that we had to do. I believe that we are also getting help from a GoFundMe that we started for the business and nothing but community support, which is amazing. I see a lot of people that come in for us and keep us in your mind. We are opening on Thursday for uh, dining only, but since it's a small place, I only have capacity for 55% of the people. So that means that we're going to open with three to four tables maximum to be able to have the six feet apart. With all that said, though, I do believe that um, if we can make it through this, we can pretty much make it through a lot of the other things that businesses go through, a lot of the other struggles. So it, I think it's time to take a leap of faith and see what we can do for the business. And um, I'm just very grateful and happy that, you know, my family and I are in a good place because of everyone that actually cared for us throughout the years. So it's amazing. It's tough, but it, it, make, it gives me hope. It really does. Is there anything that you'll be doing differently than moving forward, knowing that these unseen issues could arise? Is there anything you're doing to make sure that your business is able to sustain if something like this were to happen again? I do believe that we are uh, capable of doing things differently. We're ready. Part of business is malleability. Well, for example, the community um, of artists and comedy 
that we used to offer. We, we're still doing that, but we're going to do live streams for it in six feet apart and different types of groupings. For example, this Saturday, we're doing a, um, Instagram live of a DJ. So we're still trying to form both sides of things. It's still, you know, um, having the cleanliness that we need to have with each customer as well. So there's a few things, but I, I do believe that any type of business that uh, wants to grow or is small has to pivot in order to, you know, be capable of survival. And I feel like we have been doing that as best to our ability. Well, let's go to the other side of things. You know, we've talked about the setbacks and COVID-19 is on everyone's mind and it's especially hard for small businesses. It sounds like you are weathering the storm, which is absolutely incredible to see. And hopefully there's nothing like this again that comes up anytime soon. Uh, But, you know, on the flip side, what are some of your biggest milestones in this journey? Oh, man, I... First off, I'm, I'm just very happy to be um, here talking to you about a business that I still have. Um, my biggest milestones have been that abrupt growth. Uh, we were in a good track of a year and nine months, and then we were about to hire two new people for uh, Altera Hipster Family in order to be able to have a, a little bit of leeway. So hopefully we can be back on that track. Um, it seems to be four to six months from now, but it is starting like um, ground zero. But the milestones have been uh, community support, understanding that uh, side of things and, you know, pivoting for that, having the award of uh, best hangout in our, in Phoenix, you know, hopefully that still happens in one way or another, more tables, more space somehow. So there's, there's a few milestones, especially just being alive <laughs> at this time. Yes. You know? Well, let's talk about sort of your role models and inspiration behind this. I have a feeling I know some of these answers, but (laughs) could you tell me who are some of your role models in business? You know, what made you follow their careers? My parents, you you knew this answer and I love that. (laughs) I, I, my, my parents are an amazing, amazing powerhouse and they've implemented in me, not only the business side of things, but working hard and accepting people and, and being a, a, beam of my own destiny if you will and i i have no words to um think their support and their <laughs> acceptance of me just trying to have my own business they're amazing i don't think i could ever have any other better business partners <laughs> the dynamic the trust it's it's good it's nice i like it a lot they've taught me a lot Well, you have an incredibly positive outlook um, with your business and with life. I'm wondering if you have a favorite mantra or a ritual or something that you go back to when times get tough. I have a I have a fun saying um, that my dad taught me a long time ago. If you can do something about it, why worry? And if you can't do something about it, why worry? You know, you always have to have your head straight and eyes on the goal. As cheesy as that sounds, it is a very, very interesting and powerful statement that I've, I've lived through that. Yes, that's a great saying. So has there been a moment in your journey so far when you've been able to have the sigh of relief to say, I've made it? Or what needs to happen in order for you to say those words? Um, I believe that before the whole situation of COVID uh, happened, 
in the business world, we know that the first two to three months should be complete losses. I believe that for us, it was a little different. It has nothing but been positive numbers, which has not been seen. And the way that our business was tracking, the changes from the first year to the second year had been astronomically different than anything that I've ever seen. We were um, scheduled to hit zero in about like two and a half years, three years, which takes five years. Um, and I feel like that's a glimpse of we do have something good here. We have a good niche and we are surviving because of something that we're offering. And so hopefully once we go back into regular scheduling, that happens again. If it takes another two years, I am prepared for that because I, I understand that I have something special in my hands worth fighting for. All right. So you are only 23 You've already built an incredibly successful business. What's next in this entrepreneurial venture? Ah, that question should be a little scary, but it's more of an excitement for me. Um, I don't know the world that I live in with all the things that are going on. I don't know, but I'm not scared to try things out. As I learned my first adventure worked out, I kind of have a good understanding of what people might need or the niche that I need. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever comes this way, whatever I need to um, pivot in order to survive into this new economy that we're going to have, anything is possible for me. I I do believe that I'm, I I know that I want business to be my main focus, whatever position that I'm in. So I I do know that. Do you ever think El Trial Hipster will have a second or third or fourth location? Making it a bit of a chain. I, I, you know, we, we started the business, uh, us as a family, but we're pivoting solely in, uh, more, um, on brand kind of style of business. So maybe, maybe that's a possibility right now. Let's focus on, on maybe expansion or growth or some sort of differentiation at the place and then maybe resell it. Uh, highest point and get royalties or many, many things that uh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Sounds like there could be a lot of options down the road, which is great. Yes. Yes. I've gone through them a lot. How long has El Charo Hipster been open? At this point of time, we have about a year and nine months. Wow. And you've already done some incredible things in just, you know, under two years and won awards. That's really great. You've had some great accomplishments. Thank you. Gigi, you're awesome. Thank you for sharing this. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you didn't have a chance to yet? Honestly, I just want to thank you, uh, Stacey, for having um, a spotlight on all small businesses. I know I'm I'm one of the tiny little ones in in Phoenix, but you give a voice to everyone that's going through what we're going through right now. And um, just keep on supporting. There's, There's a lot of help out there. I've been applying every day uh, for 55 days straight for different uh, reliefs. We're all in this together and I feel like we're stronger. So I really do appreciate you 100%. I'm Gigi Peralta, founder of El Charo Hipster Restaurant Bar and Cafe. I made my business in Phoenix, Arizona. innovative, driven, and approaches everything in her business with a community focus. She not only infuses unique coffee blends, but she infuses culture, heritage, and passion into every aspect of her business. 
We talk of the land of opportunity, but often it is the grit and will of the individual that cracks open the door to opportunity. Join us next week as we continue to talk to the amazing humans who are making their own way. Thank you to everyone who's rated our show and have left us a review. And if you haven't already, please do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Help us fuel these small businesses and the incredible founders and entrepreneurs who run them. This podcast is powered by GoDaddy and made with the help of our producers at Human Group Media.